Welcome to Tea O'Clock with Keller. Bring your tea and leave with more. Hello, welcome back. Welcome back to episode eight. Yeah, gosh, this season's going quickly. It actually is going really quickly. It only feels like a few weeks ago we were planning the series. Yeah, literally. This episode is something quite different for us. And I'm really looking forward to it because we're talking about Medea, the Greek play, the ancient Greek tragedy or revenge play by Euripides. Is that how you say his name? Yeah, that sounds right. Okay, good. It sounds like an owl. I think if I had a pet owl, that's what I would call it. Yeah. I don't know where I'm getting that from, but they haven't. Oh, I think actually it might be in, you know, they did that new Scooby-Doo series that they tried to make really funky and edgy. Well, it's not that new, and it had a mystery. And I think he might have had a pet owl that had some, a Greek name. Anyway, sorry, very off topic. But yeah, this is our first time going deep into the past. Yeah, ancient Greek. Exactly, and we're doing it via the 2014 National Theatre production with the version by Ben Power, by Carrie yeah. Cracknell. And I recognise her name just from like reading it there. But anyway, very good production, which is available on Drama on- Online, which you can either buy a subscription to or log in via your university institution. Yeah. Still logging in through Exeter, still getting strong, even though I'm not there. <laughs> Wait, are you actually? Oh, you still have your email, don't you? I think you have access for a year. I probably could log in through my new uni thing. Anyway, <laughs> um, before we get into that, though, let's talk about what we've been consuming. Sorry, I just Googled Carrie Cracknell before we... Oh, sorry. And he, I think she directed Persuasion, the new Netflix one. Oh, really? Yeah, she did. That's why I recognise her name. Oh, interesting. That was a good spot for me. So, yeah, she's done quite a few national theatre things and persuasion. Sorry, anyway, moving swiftly on to what we've been consuming. Yes. <laughs> hey, Ella, what have you been consuming this week? I have read both Macbeth and Ruth in the past week. Speedy. Look at me go. I'd never read Macbeth before, so it was quite fun to read it. I'm definitely going to find a version of it to watch before my seminar on Thursday about that, because I quite enjoy seeing it all brought to life as well. Mm. And I've seen a couple of adaptations, but I thought it was quite good. I think it's one of those that will grow on me when I kind of delve into it a bit deeper. But I feel like that's me with all Shakespeare. I can never just read it and leave it because I feel like I'm not getting everything out of it that I ought to. And Ruth, I really enjoyed. Yay! Because if you've been listening to the podcast before, you know that I've only ever read one other Gaskell novel, which was North and South, which I really didn't like. But I really enjoyed Ruth. I thought it was really interesting. Lots of stuff happened. There were some really interesting characters in Ruth and like the end few chapters are just really heartwarming and sweet and it feels like it has a more kind of positive outlook than I think a lot of I know other Victorian novels and things so 
I did enjoy it. Oh, I'm so glad. I thought you would like it a lot more because Ruth is very different to, she's called Margaret in North and South. Mm. Yeah. yeah. And it's not very industrial. You really root for her. And the ending is just, I don't want to go spoilers, but you know, when they're all gathered together. Yeah. Oh, that really pulls on my heartstrings. So, and there were moments where I was reading it and I was gasping aloud, like reacting out loud. You know, the point where she thinks it's him when he comes back and then when he realises that it's her and they they both know, but then they're not like saying anything to each other yet. And oh, I just loved it. I thought it was great. So, oh, I'm really bad. Big fan. fan. That's what I've been reading. Um, watching, Ella and I watched... Thor Love and Thunder that's really hard to say um the other day I have to say I was slightly disappointed Mm. I I think I'm just generally quite disappointed in these new Marvel films Mm. I feel like they're not as good there was obviously loads of funny moments yeah it felt like the first half was really funny and then like they tried to get really serious but it didn't quite work and then it just ended I don't know yeah, but great seeing Hemsworth as Thor, great seeing Natalie Portman back, mm. some great cameos mm. from Russell Crowe, Matt Damon, Melissa oh. McCarthy. Really? Hemsworth um, oh. and someone else. But yeah, so it was quite fun if you want a kind of fun, oh. entertaining, not that deep sort of thing, I would recommend it. Yeah, I've heard mixed reviews of it. So. Yeah, it was what we needed that evening. And then listening, I've been listening to David Tennant does a podcast with. I love that. I didn't realize he had a podcast. I didn't know that you knew he had a podcast. It's so good, so good, so much fun. And I've listened to the Judy Dench and the Michael Sheen ones so far. Yeah, and I just, I'm just loving it because I really like David Tennant. I think he's got a really, I like listening to him. He's got a good way with people. It's interesting hearing more about him. And yeah, I'm just really enjoying it. Oh, you have to listen to the John Hamm episode. That's really fun. Yes, I really want to. That When I saw it, I was like, that's going to be the next one I listen to. So, yeah. yeah. See, did you see on there how many series it said he had? Because I wondered if he had any new episodes out. Uh, I don't know. Let me have a look. Because I only saw it because I was just looking for a podcast to listen to the other day and I saw that it came up and I was like, oh, that's interesting. But I don't know if he's done the the most recent one. He had two seasons. Was 2020. Oh, yeah, so he's not done a series. So he hasn't done any new ones. Uh I don't know if he will do any new ones. I've not listened to all of series two though to be fair I mostly listen to series one yeah he's got cracking guests on there and it's so random the different people we had on there because I think I listened to he did one with did he have Tina Fey on there I can't remember and then um Gordon Brown and then I think I listened to James Corden I can't remember I haven't listened to them for a while because I listened to it when it first came out which might have been lockdown I don't know yeah well I think it was just before lockdown 
Mm. But yeah, he did bring out a load in lockdown as well. So yeah, he's got all these guests from people like Olivia Coleman to Whoopi Goldberg, Jennifer Garner, mm. Tina Fey, Jim Parsons. Yeah. Kush Jumbo, I don't know who that is. Oh, I do. I know that name. Um Oh, she played Hamlet in a version oh. of Hamlet. And she was um Oh, that's my own name. She was in that Harlan Coven series as the main character. Yes, she was. Yeah. Anyway, so I would, if you like David Tennant and you like hearing, it kind of felt like if you watched any of the variety actors on actors. Yeah. It kind of felt like that, but obviously a little bit more one-sided to whatever person he had yeah. on. But I do quite enjoy those actors on actors. So. Oh yeah, I love them. Yeah. I'm going to stop waffling, waffling now and ask you what you've been consuming this week. <laughs> hey, Kerry, what have you been consuming this week? Okay, so this week, my what I've been watching and listening are combined, I suppose, Ooh. because I went to watch Heather's in the West End. Well, I say that, but it was the least West Endy show, well, not necessarily show, but venue I've been to, because it's near the palace, so... Well, because it's at the other palace. Yeah. Um, I didn't. Not that you told me anything about it yet. Yeah, no, I haven't. To ask. Yeah, but then um, what I've been listening to is I actually I haven't been listening to the whole soundtrack, but I love Seventeen, which I think must be the main song from it, right? Because I knew that before I went in. Yeah, I think things like Seventeen and Dead Girl Walking. Yeah. And I don't know maybe like Candy Store. Yeah, I quite like Dead Girl Walking as well. Yeah, so yeah. 17 is my what I've been listening to and recommendation of the week. I love it. So dramatic. And it is so dramatic. So with Heather's overall, I'm going to give it three stars. I'm neutral about it because I think objectively it was really good and it's very watchable, but mm. I wouldn't go and see it again and I wouldn't listen to the soundtrack. Yeah. I think that it's an important musical in that it covers a lot of themes to do with mental health and which also it was really good as is the norm nowadays like when we went to get the tickets because we just got them on the day they said oh do you know the plot we need to tell you about trigger warnings and then they had posters about trigger warnings as well so that was good Uh, so I'm glad they covered that but then also I suppose it's always difficult how do you portray issues of mental health and trigger warning suicide in a sensitive way Mm. and I don't know if to an extent it was not glamorized because they were more so satirizing how it's glamorized yeah which again itself is a bit yeah but even so I'm not sure it it felt very dramatic and violent Mm. I don't know how I feel about it there's not really a good way to go about it or an easy yeah. solution. So, mm. Mm, yeah, I'm not sure. And also, I don't know if it was just a bit of what's going on with me that crept into it that made me not like it, but I just felt George next to me the whole time gave me a side eye because of the whole, like, <laughs> how <laughs> Veronica shouldn't be with JD because he treats her really bad, but, and he <laughs> but then he still really likes it, so she can't break up with him. Mm. and I was like mm-hmm. 
<laughs> which is also fun for Medea this week because it's pretty much a breakup play so yeah an, an extreme <laughs> breakup play so yeah no I I'm not um going that far I'm not I don't relate to her that much uh yeah anyway sorry <laughs> uh what I've been reading I've got about six books on the go and to be honest I'm barely reading any of them I did mm. finish the bell jar and I was very disappointed oh. first of all so racist which oh. I was absolutely shook by and I thought I can't necessarily judge her for that well I can but I thought you know it could still be a good book and because you think well product of its time but aside from that I just found it boring Oh, I was really surprised. That is really surprising. Yeah, I've never read it, so I can't comment. No, I just thought I was going to really love it, but no. That's a bit of a shame, really. Yeah. I quite enjoy a lot of her poetry. Mm. Don't get me wrong, I do respect her. Mm. And yeah, it's incredible that she did get that published when she did like in the 60s or whatever time it yeah. was whoops bad English student here uh again like really important to talk candidly about mental health but yeah I just wasn't for me oh yeah I appreciate it but didn't necessarily enjoy it but then also that'd be a bit weird if you did enjoy it yeah I don't think it's the <laughs> sort of thing that you should <laughs> yeah no um but on a nicer note I have read the first two stories in the sequel to Before the Coffee Gets Cold, the oh. golden on Tales from Cafe. And it's so, so lovely. And it was so sweet. a wonderful time trying not to cry because I loved it so much on the bus in team. Oh, yeah. Oh, I love that. I'm glad it's good because there's yeah. always that fear with sequels that they're not going to be good. Yeah, but it's so lovely. I think. Oh, yeah it's just gorgeous so that's yeah. me this week very exciting yeah, yeah. Oh, a whole, whole range of things we've been consuming this week yeah we've been consuming a lot <laughs> yeah we have yeah there'll be nothing less left to even for us to consume next week <laughs> i know we'll be sorry going what, what, what this week yeah. <laughs> Oh, but, right. right back Medea. in time now to ancient Greece and to Medea. Uh, let's yeah, let's begin with our little synopsis. A little synopsis. Yeah, let's summarize. Right, Greece. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, you're right. Uh, okay, so long story short, it's revenge play. Medea. Um, has been spanned by her husband who's marrying another woman because he wants to become a prince and protect the world apparently blah blah I don't know get more money etc and so she decides that she's gonna wreck his life kill his new wife uh who is the princess of wherever they are I don't know Creon is that yeah is it it, oh I don't know anyway somewhere yeah he does and then uh oh and she kills her children as well because she thinks "Mm, i'm not leaving them here with my husband and she's gonna go and run off with the with 
Aegis. King of Athens or something? Yeah, and she flies away like Icarus at the end, but she doesn't fly into the sun. Yeah, and she's this, uh, yeah, cheating husband situation. Yeah, her husband being Jason of Jason and the Argonauts fame. Oh. You don't realise what? (laughs) (laughs) Her husband is Jason. Jason who found the golden fleece, Jason. Oh! I That's what Jason at the beginning was chatting about the golden fleece at one point. Okay, also, just to say, before we get into it, if you like your Greek dramas, don't listen to this episode. Because we've not watched or read any of other Greek plays. I know nothing. I do not know about yeah, I basically don't know anything about this topic. This is our first go into it. I didn't even realise who this Jason was. So yeah. this is also, I also, also a new Yeah, movie. I also have such a limited knowledge of this stuff. Like, I know a few bits and pieces, and I've seen one version of Medea mm-hmm. years ago, and I yeah. didn't have time to read the play, so I've only watched this version of it. Yeah. Really. So we're not Greek experts in no. any shape or form. Please do not get annoyed at us if we're getting things wrong <laughs> um, or just giving a really boring, basic analysis of what happens. Yeah. We're going to miss a lot of stuff in this episode. We don't have the knowledge as we do when it comes to, I don't know, Brontes, etc. Yeah, yeah. But hopefully it will still be fun and yeah, interesting for fun. both of us and anyone listening yeah hey I had fun watching it I had a lot of fun as I text you saying I had a lot of fun watching it too (laughs) I know with like all the music and everything yeah oh that's fun I was wondering how they were going to drag the play out not drag it out that's the wrong word but when you read plays obviously they read so fast because if you think that their plays are a couple of hours long and they're saying reading it it's going to be half that time so I was like, wow, this is a fast-paced play. What the heck? Mm. And then actually watching it, I was like, oh, God, we're still going on that scene. It's really interesting the yeah. going from reading to watching something. And it's kind of like when one of your favourite books gets turned into a film and you get really excited to see how they're going to do it. I felt like that mm. with Medea. Not that mm. it was one of my favourite books. I'd say um, reading it, well, I gave it three stars on Goodreads, but actually watching it, I give it four stars. I really liked watching it, but I think you get so much more goes without saying for most plays when you've watched them as opposed to reading them. Exactly, and it's such a kind of actionful play. Yeah, that it works really well to watch it and to see these kind of dynamics between these people. See these kind of big action things. Mm. I think it's not like there's not like big fights or anything like it's not that type of action it's very much reduced to like her and what she's doing to what she thinks is a way to protect herself and her kids yeah from her husband Mm. but yeah really interesting yeah one of the main things I like about it is it felt so modern in two ways one in terms of it feeling very modern even just reading it for the time but then I suppose in a lot of ways it's very big generalization 
but the Greeks do are quite modern with the ancient Greeks. Yeah. Funny enough, they should call them modern Greeks. Yeah. Um, in terms of how feminist it is, which we would definitely get onto a lot more, mm-hmm. so I'll leave it at that for now. But also how modern was in their adaptation. And I love yeah. that. I feel like there's such a risk modernising so many plays and they can be so cringe, especially things like Persuasion. But yeah. with this, it works so well. They didn't take it too far and really present day. But it just felt so relatable and felt so much more like, it's just understandable, which is not yeah. all right. Again, we're in terrible English students today. It's going to take my, my degree certificate. <laughs> but this doesn't understand. Like, yeah, we all go through this. It's a breakup with a horrible, cheating husband. And it's felt like it, especially just the costumes. I was just dressed how we all dress like Bridget in our joggers and that. Yeah. And having a smoke. And it just felt effortlessly of our time. Yeah, I definitely agree. And I think that's a really good way of putting it, how you put it at the end, how it feels effortlessly of our time. Like, I don't think watching this, if you came into this not knowing anything, you wouldn't automatically go, oh, this is a really outdated Greek play. Actually, Mm -hmm. it feels like it could have been written today. And even though this production came out, what, eight years ago, it's still... It still stands, and I think the topics that it explores and talk about are still topics which are explored today. And I think it's yeah, really interesting, really fun to watch. Works really well. Doesn't feel like a drag, so I would recommend. Yeah, because the runtime is what one hour twenty. Yeah, it's really short. Yeah, I, was like, I guess after our kind of Angels of America. Oh, the six hours. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking, oh, it's going to be really long. But actually, it's not, but it doesn't feel rushed. It feels like they spent yeah. just enough time on what they needed to. Yeah. I mean, I'm saying this from having no knowledge of the play itself mm-hmm. in its raw form. Yeah. But I thought they did a great job. They really did. And another thing I find interesting about how modern it is is the language itself. Mm. In that, So I read half of one translation and half of another one and they actually were really different so that was fun to see it on stage again how it differed yeah and so I obviously don't know how modern the language was because it's been translated and both translations are different exactly and this is now a new version yeah. by someone else so he would have put his own spin on it yeah but the translations I read they were so the language is easier than Shakespeare I found wow I was really surprised they I don't think they changed the language that much at all in terms of tone Mm. I mean who knows I don't know if they you know translated it to make sense like translated it first of all and like literally well transliterated and then again like changed it so they made more sense in modern audience I don't know how they did it but yeah so just yeah really easy to understand again and even as you're watching it it's not like with some Shakespeare's play where you really have to kind of be in the right kind of head head headspace and Mm -hmm. mind frame 
to follow what's happening. I feel like it's so easy to follow. And I don't know whether part of that is the kind of setting up with the big monologue from the character at the beginning and the end that kind of rounds off the story quite nicely. Yeah. In a way that being like, okay, we're setting the scene for you. This is what's happening. These are these people. Mm-hmm. And then at the end of it, like, okay, this is what happened. Yeah. I, that was the... I don't know whether they do a similar thing in the actual original play. Yeah, no, I don't think they changed the order at all. They had pretty much the same characters, um, like in the same order, same monologues, same yeah. lines, etc. Yeah, to both versions I read. It's very yes. true. But you would, I think that potentially if you were to watch it, having not read it, you'd think, oh, they've changed it a lot. They've done like a, say what they did for the seagull when we talked about the INRF. Yeah, because but that's what I was like. I haven't read it, so I don't know how much this is line for line taken from the original Greek play or whether they've completely modernised it. It's quite interesting hearing that they didn't as much. Yeah, the only thing I noticed that was really different was I got the impression from reading it that Medea was very much seducing the king of Athens and was going to marry him, etc., but it seemed I the other way around in the play. I, well, I thought also in the play, he seemed quite friendly and he spoke about his wife and was just like, oh, you can come over. You're yeah. And I got much more platonic vibes. And then I Googled it because I got confused. And then I think it turns out that she was supposed to marry him in the original myth story, whatever it is. Okay. So I don't know. That was the only thing that seemed different in this production. Yeah, because I did think that was one of the bits where I thought it was a bit odd that he's just all of a sudden there and being like, oh, come and live with me in Athens. Like, forget yeah. about Jason, like, come live with live with me. Mm-hmm. And I expected there to either be more of a kind of him seducing her or her seducing him to try yeah. and, like, improve her life and get away from where she was banished from. Mm. Yeah. I wonder if that change was just purely for the ease of... Uh... A modern audience maybe so not to have to not to expect them to know the backstory at all just be like oh it's a long friend coming long lost friend yeah. old friend would help her yeah exactly I guess yeah. from from that point of view it does make a lot of sense the way they did mm. that the only uh, other main difference really is obviously it did not say do an interpretive dance in script <laughs> and so that was really fun. I loved all the dancing. Yeah, the use of the chorus was really good yeah, and really cool. interesting. Yeah. Like, oh. In a way, it kind of gives you maybe a little bit of an insight into her headspace. Mm. A bit more through that. Yeah. Oh, it gave me Midsummer vibes. I actually haven't seen it, but just Midsummer trailer vibes. Mm. It yeah. was actually quite funny, but it was creepy. Especially... Yeah towards the end because he did it a few times but there were just three women at one point maybe halfway through the play who started to do an interesting contemporary dance and it, yeah it, it wasn't supposed to be but because sometimes I can be a bit childish it was really amusing it doesn't it doesn't take away from the play actually it was really cool is um it's not what you expect in the middle of a Greek play to no. be I, I wonder whether because I don't know much about Greek plays and how they put them on whether mm. that was a kind of a thing they did or whether mm. that's just a, a modern way of being like okay we can explore this through the medium of dance yeah Show it was a nice addition. Way. I think because 
the play the impression I get which sorry to all the experts listening um is that Greek plays are quite simple and they don't have lots of subplots mm. uh and so I feel like what this production did really well was adding some depth to it adding some layers yeah. adding the dance to just bulk it up a bit yeah because otherwise it can yeah. seem like just quite a short boring story of this one woman who out of wanting revenge seems to mm. destroy everything in her life yeah especially as in my opinion we've become generation by generation so much more easily distracted and um need far more things to capture our attention was I talking about this with you before when we said how bored would you be if you were living in Jane Austen times was no, it I, so. I think we've had a similar conversation and yeah. I've had similar thoughts as well because we're just so oversaturated with yeah. everything nowadays yeah and so I think for our contemporary audience we need to add a lot more visuals and drama well yeah. you don't need to but I think it helps but then there's certain people who aren't as fast but yeah overall it's yeah. my view no I agree definitely and another thing I love with the dance is when oh what's she called Creasa no that's actually not her name no I think that is her name okay Cruessa so when she marries Jason also, are you all struggling to not go, Jason, Drillo? <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not, but now I will be. <laughs> when they marry, they do a pretty cool dance together. Yeah, they do. It's like fun, a wedding dance. I enjoy that. That's that fun. Yeah, it's really cool. And all of the dancing is quite ritualistic. Yeah, definitely. creepy, which... Right, I actually, while I was reading it, I took some pictures of the pages because I thought, oh, I'm going to have my receipts up for when we discuss. Oh, I like this. I like this. Uh, I should have got my game together and read it. (laughs) (laughs) That reminds me of one of the stage directions was from inside the house, we hear Medea keening a speech and the following dialogue with the nurse should be spoken rhythmically in a kind of chant. That's interesting. Yeah, so I like that the dancing mirrors this whole chanting idea and ritual. And that in itself is an interesting idea to involve from both the the text and in this, this kind of idea of kind of ritual and and things like that. That's an interesting element to highlight. Yeah, and I don't know about you, if it's just because I'm thinking about Macbeth and after the witchcraft module, everything's witchy. Well, no, I'm thinking witchcraft with this whole kind of... Yeah, it, yeah. Billy gives me witchcraft vibes. I mean, she literally mentions Hecate's, the goddess of witchcraft in this, who is also... Yeah, in. She's always talking about her ancestors. Yeah. And, things like that. and that also feels very kind of witchy vibes. Yeah, and especially because she says that she'll be able to bear children for... Aegis. Yeah. Magic. So oh, and I then she flies away at the end. Yeah. So I don't think we're thinking too much into it by putting that because I think even partly that's where a lot of these witchcraft ideas 
came in in the 16th and 17th century because it was the opposition to that kind of Christianity, mm. which obviously wasn't there in Greece. No. Yeah. It's all about all the other gods. So Isn't that interesting in a play as early as this that we see all these witchcraft vibes? Yeah, I think definitely in the way that we're to read it today, we see yeah. that. So I would be interested in what what the Greeks thought and believed or whether it was just kind of more of the influence of the gods over her mm-hmm. in some way or another or her just thinking that she had that kind of I don't know yeah. well maybe it's um I don't I was just thinking yeah that's a good point about the gods if it's actually more intended to be to do a sacrifice for the gods and well no but witchcraft in a way is to do sacrifice for yeah definitely. so I think there's a lot of overlap between yeah. And a lot of blurry lines. Yeah, but she can definitely be painted as a witch-like figure, especially in with the modern connotations of a witch. Yeah, and obviously she's not painted in good light. How could she be as a murderess? Exactly. Yeah, and this but, all obviously links really well into the whole gender ideas. Yeah, this is, this is such a fascinating play to discuss ideas of gender and feminism. Yeah, I felt empowered by it. I don't know if I should have been because, again, murderous, but in the break, exactly, you can still feel empowered by it without thinking, I'm going to go and be really violent to get my way. Yeah, I think it's just it's nice to see a, a woman of that time acting of her own accord and having her own power and agency and yeah. not letting the kind of men around her fully control her I think that's quite liberating to yeah. see even her being the protagonist in this the yeah. protagonist she is the name of the play the play yeah. is all about her yeah I'd be interested to look at just physically go through the play and count up how many lines she has and well how many lines the women have in it because with the nurse that is also she has a lot to say yeah I mean, obviously we've got Jason and the boys and the king etc but it's just yeah it's nice to see these women get a lot of these lines it's a stage. Like, yeah and she's got I I love the ending as well this she has the final say she gets to fly off and she yeah. does not get any retribution at all for her actions in my opinion yeah exactly because it could have easily killed her off in the end being like you've done all these horrific things you've murdered all these people for your own gain like even your own sons like you need to be punished for what you've done so I think it's kind of nice that she doesn't die in the end yeah that's something a bit different a woman not getting married off or killed off yeah Oh, but I just thought, because again, know nothing about Greek plays. Were all the actors male still? In Greek plays? Like back in the day? Yeah. I'm pretty sure, yeah. I'm pretty (laughs) sure it was a similar thing of just men on stage. Okay. This is is why I wish we had some kind of introduction to literature module. Yeah, where you spoke a little bit about Greek. I think I maybe did one Greek play. I spent a week on a Greek play. Did you? I can't even remember what it was called. It had a really long, confusing name, and it wasn't a very good play. Yeah. Okay. 
the only thing I know about is we had a brief lesson on it at A-levels when we were doing Othello to understand the origins of tragedy. And I did see a lot of Othello in this. Well, seeing as they both revolve around revenge and all the poison, big theme in both. Yeah. I've done some Googling. Yeah. I figured out that only male actors were in <laughs> Greek plays and they used masks to make themselves female. And supposedly yeah. not many women actually were allowed to attend these plays uh, either. Yeah. So then could you read this as a kind of men warning men about the dangers of women? It's like, let your woman go astray because she will, even though he's the one who goes astray, um, she will murder everyone you love. Yeah, it's uh, like a siren kind of play. Basically, men showing other men, as she said, the dangers of women, and that's why I need to keep them tamed. But also, from my perspective, oh, maybe some women did go to the theatre, but they couldn't okay. be on stage. So uh, okay. That was a lesson for them, though. Don't do that. <laughs> this is your warning. Exactly, but then surely they watched it and have that feeling of empowerment. Yeah, but then I don't. It's it's a tough one. I feel like that is the obvious objective of the play hey keep your women under control yeah as we keep coming back to she is such a powerful character and even though she's not played by a woman well she is now played by the incredible magnificent late Helen McCrory in this production but he did such a good job incredible yeah she was Medea is just a bad Gal, this podcast is not explicit. I guess that you chose to make it not explicit. I mean, we would have had to toggle the explicit button there. (laughs) But no, she is. She's a powerhouse of a woman, even though she murders people. Yeah. Not endorsing murder at all in any shape or form. We're not. We're endorsing female power. Yeah. This is the breakup anthem in play form. I'm really here for oh, it. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Oh, God. I just, oh, and this is one of the earliest examples of gaslighting as well. <laughs> it's just got to me. We've, um, I don't know. It's interesting to see what scholars would make of this because there is some logic in what Jason says about how he's marrying this other woman to get a better life for their children etc didn't really have a choice blah, blah blah and I don't know the original legend whatever it's based on yeah and but, I don't know like the before bits with her and Jason very no, well no but obviously us to come at it from our perspective as modern feminist viewers oh why is he gaslighting her so much and saying like, I'm doing all this for you I'm marrying this other woman for you um no you're not you can see that she's like no I don't want that like she gave up everything for him and what does she get in return he goes off and marries a princess and she's just left to be a single mom exactly Uh, yeah and then it turns into one of the biggest tragedies ever yeah (laughs) Mm. I definitely understand where she's coming from and I just hate the amount of gaslighting. And even at the start, the chorus said something along the lines of um, they don't pity her. Mm. Because it seems like it's almost as if these women 
should have just been like, okay, these men are going to do what they're going to have to do in order to, you know, look after their lineage and mm -hmm. their bloodlines. It's like not giving any thought to the women. So it's quite nice mm -hmm. to see her be like, actually, no, this is not what yeah. I want for my own life. Yeah. Like there's other ways of doing good things for our children. Mm. There are so many powerful feminist lines in this about how they, you know, women might not be great in battle, but if they've been scorned, wow, then that's another yeah. story. They've got a lot of power, especially if they get hold of some poison. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. so many wonderful lines in this that I loved. And I also loved, right, this, I thought this line was beautiful. Well, sadly beautiful. Um, I think it's someone in the chorus saying, her misery poured through the double thickness of her doors was mine to hear from where I stood. Mm -hmm. which is just so awful and reinforces yeah. again that you know she has just been left by her husband and she's going well she's in a very depressed state which is what the sign's getting at yeah and I think that's also why I really warmed to her before she it's murderous because this is a woman who's depressed and, you know, as you see when she's smoking and she's in her dowdy exactly. She needs that support system. And yeah. Yeah. Power to her that she doesn't mope around, which also nothing wrong with that because that is me. But that she thinks, well, I'm going to take control of this situation now. Yeah. Yeah. She's like, I'm going to, if no, no one else is going to fix it for me, I'm going to Fuck mm -hmm. up my ideas and do my okay. Yes, she goes about it in a very extreme yeah. way, but yeah, the kind of premise yeah. is there. And while we're on the quotes, all the quotations need to reclaim some of my English. <laughs> I also enjoyed, well, not quite enjoyed, but was intrigued by this line God, if there were only another way a man could get a son. We wouldn't have any need for this female sex. No need for marriage and the ties that vex. Mm. Oh, right. Okay. That, that brings in so yeah. many, so many things about like the the hierarchy between yeah. men and women, how women saw themselves, mm -hmm. these kind of like general ideas of women being these kind of vexing creatures for men yes. really interesting and that kind of self-awareness as mm. well within those lines yeah well a huge theme of the play is on fertility it's another interesting thing for witchcraft actually mm. but regardless the sons are the central focus and Medea has so many lines about how going through labour was awful, which, yeah, good on you. For yeah, she has a line about that. just before or just bef after she's killed her sons where she says something about how she brought them into the world in pain and that's the mm -hmm. way she's going to take them out of the world. And yeah. that was quite intense. Yeah. I carry on. No, and so I think the place stance on fertility is one that's really intriguing to delve into because again like that's it's seen as a commodity and a very important value in saying that Medea offers to 
you know, bestow fertility upon the king of Athens. Yeah. And it's really the only power she has going for her to some extent. I mean, yeah. in the play, they're to, they're to be married or, you know, to produce babies. Something we've seen time and time again. Love that for us. Yeah, that is definitely where this power lies. So yeah. it's interesting then to question whether she then doesn't have that power once she's killed her sons. Is she, yeah. well, no, not as powerful as she was because she hasn't done the whole mothering thing in the way that is expected of women. Yeah, she's very much defined that. If she's no longer has to perform the duty of wife, then she's not going to perform the duty as mother. She's completely denounced. Yeah. Well, renouncing. Yeah. All of these feminine duties that she has to perform. Yeah, interesting. Isn't it so depressing that we always turn a feminist lens on all these productions and books that we see? And every time there's just women are there to make babies and get married. Comes up time and, and time. It shows time. you exactly it shows you that this this idea has been around for centuries all over the world. And it's kind of scary when you look at how maybe not actually much seems to have changed in how people view that nowadays yeah. which is a, a bit upsetting and a bit sad yeah. but I think that's why these things are so important to keep looking at and keep yeah. delving into and being like mm-hmm. okay I know like society has has worked okay for the last however many years but it's mm-hmm. not not the way it should be and these are the steps yeah. that need to be changed yeah. But we live in the patriarchy, so what can we do? Yeah, what can we do? And it also annoys me that essentially when the women have served their duties, they can be exiled. And that's all. Yeah, exactly. Because he's like, okay, we got married, we had some kids, you've done what you needed to. Now I'm going to remarry to increase my station and my kids' station. So I don't really need you anymore. That's basically the premise of Jason leaving. Yeah, like this. And cheating on her. I don't know whether actually does he cheat on her before. I don't know. I don't know what the. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So not fun. Yeah. Also, while I think of it, not really relevant, but <laughs> Jason is really not a Greek name to me. And I find it no, quite it's not. really modern. Which help yeah, it does help add to the um, modern modern modernity. <laughs> 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 I guess I never thought about Jason not because I guess in a way it is a typical Greek name because obviously him being Jason the Argonauts Jason but it's interesting that it's one of those names that has stayed in Mm. popular naming like I know several Jasons I say several I know like two Jasons three Jasons (laughs) so yeah yeah why aren't there any more Medeas I guess maybe people don't want to name their kid Medea and has turned into a murderer I like the name Medea but it reminds me of Medusa yeah so that in itself the whole just names and what names have stayed in like Mm. stayed in and there's people named after versus names that haven't is also a really interesting cool thing yeah. to look at I just, I love that I know this isn't well it's pretty ordinary for a lot of plays to just assume the title character's name but I, I just really love in this case that Medea is the title of the play 
because yeah, as much as she's there. exiled, she's still there. She's still at the centre of the play. That's something yeah, I'm like, yeah, not, yeah, you hang on. Exactly. She's she's living on and not many other plays are named after women. What about Antigone? Because there's, yeah, I can't think of many others, though. But there's others where if there's a woman's name, there's also a male's name, like Antony and Cleopatra, Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. I don't know why I'm just thinking of Shakespeare plays. <laughs> yeah. No. Oh, I didn't realise Euripides as well wrote Electra. Because oh, I've heard of that. Interesting. Yeah. He was one of the, the big playwrights of the time. Yeah. One of the big boys. Big boys. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, um, anyway, to get back on track, sorry, I'm going a bit silly. Um, I have a final quote that I took a picture of. Okay. Very blurry. And it's simply the stage direction with the introductory paragraph about what the setting's like. And I just found this really interesting. Mm. So um, I'll read it out. So the action of the play's continuous takes place in the course of a single day. Um, the scene is a street in front of the house in Corinth in which Jason and Medea were living before he left their marriage. On one side of the house is a path that, ooh, what does that say? Oh, leads further into the city. Most characters will use this path for their entrances and exits. On the other side, a path leads out of Corinth and into the country. Side. <laughs> it will be used principally by King Aegis. Though some of the chorus may use it as well. The play begins as an nurse enters from the house. And Interesting. I, yeah, I just wanted to bring that up because I wanted to discuss about how it all happens in a single day. And also, I love chatting about entrance and exits. Although recently I've been disappointed because realised that maybe a lot of the entrance and exits in Shakespeare plays didn't actually happen like he didn't decide that they happened then because of how they were recorded. Mm. I haven't really explained that very well. But anyway, I just find it super interesting when people enter and exit and yeah, the, I think the paths a... to and from. Yeah, I'm just interested in the structure, the form. Yeah, because that's oh, a really interesting thing to see the author state that so clearly at the beginning of the work, being like, okay, this is this is the general vibe. And there must have been, as well as it being like the different paths to the different places, mm. the idea that one of those paths was only used by the King of Athens yeah. and potentially some chorus members. That also seems to signify some kind of like hierarchical mm. whatever. Yeah. And I, I like that's really interesting. Yeah. I love reading that because I love this idea, as you said, king of athens using that one path and that being maybe a part of her future and then the other path dragging her back down yeah exactly down the middle and just the idea of all these exits and entrances maybe perhaps more than a standard play i don't know i'd have to count them up maybe mm. not but that they're emphasized so much because it's very much all of it all happens in a transitory period when she's just on the edge of she has to go Exactly. the way that that staging is set that she is yeah. in that liminal space where she yes, can either that's what I meant yeah no I know, I know. 
like phrasing. Keep, yeah, that she can either go on with her life mm. or yeah. Yeah. And she seems to pick an option that's not an option for her, which is also interesting. Mm. Yeah. She like, then takes her own. She's like, no, I'm not just going to f- follow one of your paths. I'm gonna decide for myself. And okay, she goes about that in a very yeah. way. But yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I hadn't thought about it like that. Yeah, I'm she just until I just said that just then. Yeah. Hmm. Intriguing. And the set that they used in this National Theatre production is incredible. Yeah. Get the well, first of all, it was super cool. They have the um, I don't describe it, it's kind of see-through at the top, but it's yeah, I assume like translucent. Yeah, and it almost um, looks like windows at points. Yeah, with the chorus doing their own thing up there. Again, kind of creepy. But down below, seeing when they, they set up with all the trees and it looks so real, yeah. and there's a lot of depth. I'll be interested to see it in person, or not that I can. Mm. But yeah, how interesting to have that forest there, different in the stage directions, of course, of it being mm. a street and a house. So her being... Yeah maybe more aligned with the wild like the wilderness yeah and, and you can link all of that into ideas of femininity and nature mm. and things like that and you've got the kind of yeah. rural versus the kind of city all of these really interesting kind of dynamics and yeah. it's, it's cool seeing because obviously in the original Greek play they would have just had that one same set so it's interesting mm. to see how modern directors and modern versions with access to more like I know cool materials and technology Uh, whatever that's not the right way of saying it but they're able to reinvent and rethink the kind of staging and use that Mm. to a much larger extent yeah previously even though obviously he very much had the staging in mind with the play that was long and rambly and yeah yeah and yeah, it's cool in the modern version being able to emphasise the land and ties to the land because I feel like that's a theme that comes up a lot in Greek things that I'm aware of. Mm. I'm thinking more so of just reading some of Achilles, which is from this century. So yeah, <laughs> doesn't really count. But you know, all these different kingdoms, I don't know if that's the right word, but territories. Yeah, because um, that was the thing. Every kind of city had a king and that was like yeah. land ownership, such a massive thing yeah definitely emphasizing that is really cool um how like she mentions a few times about how she had to give up her land yeah next all from that and now having to go away from the land again yes yeah, cool. that kind of ownership mm. idea very yeah it is like that also in a point i want to bring up was the little boys oh I know. We've got to talk about how, you know, as much as we're saying that we're Medea fans aside from murder, oh, we just we can't bypass it. It's so horrific that she arrives at the point when she kills her own children. So horrific. Oh, gosh. I really hoped that she wasn't going to do it. I thought that maybe, you know, killing off the, when it went to plan, killing the bride. Yeah. She would leave it at that. Yeah no Medea but no that was I think that is one of the biggest kind of tragic moments within the play and that also 
is her going completely against what a mother should do as in like yeah. looking after her children and that mm-hmm. just completely demonizes a person when you see them killing children mm-hmm. so yeah that is yeah it is is brutal oh, it's awful to watch it because reading it that way you can become a bit desensitized and not have yeah. to face it but dragging sleeping bags out of the woods oh. covered in blood that's not that is harrowing yeah oh I just don't understand well I do understand her weird psychology about that but I think that even more adds to the kind of weird whatever headspace and whatever mental is going on Mm. and it is intense yeah she says she loves her children so much she yeah, because I think there's examples of that in other things where they're like, oh, I love my children so much, I'm going to have to kill them to protect them. And that is just, yeah. It's hard enough watching things like that as people without children, let alone mm-hmm. the extra layers that must be added for the people who have children watching this or being part of it or mm-hmm. knowing about it. Yeah. yeah not a very light first greek play for us to attempt Um, that's for sure but i am glad to have read slash watched it and for the character to be so complex because i thought that it might be a very 2d kind of play yeah and binary characters but medea is certainly Medea is a complex character. Yeah, she is. Not one you can really love or hate. No, definitely not. No, but yeah, I definitely recommend it if um, you've not got into any Greek tragedies, etc. before. Yeah. It's it's not long at all, one hour twenty. No, and it is good. It's an interesting watch. Yeah. Maybe we'll have to watch and read some more Greek plays. Mm. Get a bit more clued up. Yeah, I know. I need. Yeah, I do need to do some research now. I was intending to do it, but you know me, everything last minute. Yeah, I know. I mean, we're busy people at the moment. Busy, busy. Uh-huh. Back in university life. Oh, yeah. Oh. Any final thoughts before? Any wrapping up thoughts? Or that was kind of a wrap up, wasn't it? Yeah. that's the wrap that's the wrap it's a wrap on that note shall we do our blonde moments for the week blonde moment would you like to kick us off yeah i'd like to give it to hello mccrory because i mean how can you not give it yeah for her incredible performance in this um and obviously it's it's devastating that she's no longer with us Mm. um i remember i love watching her is Mrs. Malfoy? Yeah. Oh, the yeah, the ultimate blonde lady there. Oh yeah. Um, this performance is just beyond words. It's so, amazing. So good. Yeah, there's so much respect for her. So it definitely has to yeah. go to her this week. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. How See, about you? I'm glad that I thought that we would be on the same wavelength, so I thought of someone else as well. Yeah, I had someone else prepared in case. Yeah. 
I think we always do that now. We always have more than more than we need. Just uh, yeah. But mine goes to Jamie Lee Curtis. Oh, interesting. Partly because I watched the episode of Graham Norton that she was on oh. and then ended up like one I just really like her kind of presence because I've, I've seen her in things before I've never seen like kind of her in chat shows or interviews or anything mm-hmm. and I just thought she was really cool and interesting and she made a really I don't have you seen the episode of Graham Norton no I keep forgetting have um, there been two episodes now there, I think there's two now there'll be yeah. another tonight um, oh my god I've got to get on it that's what I've got I to do catch up but I watched that the other day and she makes she makes some really like funny comments about um the sofa being designed for men as well at the beginning, which I thought oh, was really funny. Yeah. The sofa's back. Um, oh. But I did I did I did a little bit of digging and turns out that she is a pretty cool person who's been in the kind of entertainment industry for the past like 40, 50 years, however long it's been now. She's written children's books, she produces, she's like an activist as well her and her husband adopted two kids which is pretty cool because you don't often hear about I guess apart from like Angelina Jolie yeah so basically she seems like a really cool great person and I've loved everything I've seen her in mm-hmm. apart from scary things because I haven't seen those yeah so yeah it goes to her nice being a person that I might as well mention now that I was in the backup was um Michaela Cole because mm. I did not know she was going to be in this. Super cool. Mm. And uh, yeah, I was I, really surprised to see her yeah. as well. And she had, I need to look up the name for it. Because I knew her from chewing gum. But um, yeah, it's good. But she had a really good show recently. Oh, it was um, Her with a Bob. What was it called? Was that her? Was it a BBC one? I, I Could Destroy You. I could, dis- yeah. What I haven't seen called? it, but I want to. Or I may destroy yeah. you, or something. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's just because, um, yeah, it's coming from my phone in Spanish. I wasn't sure what it translated. Yeah. Podría destruirte. I haven't seen it, but I really want to. Yeah. Which up hurts? Powerful stuff. Oh, yeah. I may destroy you. Yeah. Ah, uh, yeah. Um. And I think that is such an important show because trigger warning isn't that about sexual soul yeah I think so yeah yeah worth mentioning I thought so lots of strong women all around this week well power so next week we will be back with we're doing our Wilkie Collins Halloween episode oh yeah because obviously I started this yesterday oh you started that bad boy in preparation oh that's chunky yeah it is a little bit but yes our next episode will be out on halloween so a little bit of a spooky one don't really know what's in store because i'm only about 70 pages in oh so excited (laughs) so we'll see you then see you next week Thanks for listening to Tea O'Clock with Keller. See you next time.